I'm Gatsby. Take your seats! Please, God! Please, God! gonna happen if you got nominated, but you don't have to pretend anymore. You're a real actor now. Mom, can you give me some money, please? Mom, can you give me some money, please? I defy you, stars! Where were we? Line? Can we just go back, please? Can we just cut? Can we just cut? I've had just about enough of this nonsense. Good afternoon. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Losing It Over Leo, the show where we talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. I forgot how we introduced this show. It has been a while, Pierre. It's, uh, what, the show where we look back through Leonardo DiCaprio's extensive filmography but the thing is we've already done that we're in an interesting place with this show right now yeah because we're looking forward instead i mean technically we're still looking back because this movie came out what two weeks ago i think no last week Something it's, like it's that. literally been a week i think or no 10 days i remember i watched it like the day i got back to vancouver so yeah that's kind of cool what is this movie well just to put everyone's mind at ease so you're not guessing too much today we're going to talk about don't look up don't Look Up is the latest movie from Leonardo DiCaprio, and we'll get there. But first, I wanted to talk very briefly about why there hasn't been an episode in a while. And like, basically just, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's last movie was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was when? 2019? Almost two years ago now? More than two years ago. Yeah, and in the summer, so. So, it's been a while. And a half years. It's kind of weird because early on into his career, he was putting out movies probably about once or twice a year. I'm going to say once for sure. But then after The Revenant, he's been like one movie every two years, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably talked about it in, in a previous episode. But after that win, he really, I think, took a maybe a break, I guess. Like, I, I think some of those, I think The Revenant definitely took a lot out of him. And maybe mm-hmm. he was questioning <laughs> whether he wanted to make another movie because that was, from what I hear, a very tough shoot. Well, yeah, and with The Revenant too, like it wasn't just Leo who took some time off. Everyone took some time off after The Revenant. I think Inuritu has only just started filming another movie. And like, I'm not 100% sure when that's coming out or if it's even been officially announced yet. Yeah, he. Uh, that, that's surprising, like off the back-to-back Oscar wins right i think i think so yeah I've, i i don't know if he won best picture but he won best director i think both times or at least some um, form of award i believe birdman won best picture and yeah. then revenant won best picture i just don't remember if those were oh revenant won best picture really i'm pretty sure yeah. oh wow never mind i take it back that's that's really cool so yeah he he's taking a break too so i mean it's understandable especially now like i think leo's he's, he's taken a couple roles it seems like Martin Scorsese, uh, who is a frequent collaborator, has called him up. I feel like Leo won't say no to Scorsese. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to quickly correct what I had said earlier. The Revenant did not win Best Picture, but it was nominated. It won oh, Best okay. Director, though. 
Yeah. Okay. I was I was shocked for a second. What won best picture that year? Let me was find it? out. Mm, no, not Moonlight. Was Spotlight. Spotlight. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's like the Mark Ruffalo one, right? I think. Yeah. Journalist. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, don't look up. Which I it was kind of, um, you know, I don't think Leo, Leo's worked with Adam McKay in any form before. I don't think he has. Yeah, but I mean, even so, Adam McKay's been picking up some pretty heavy hitters for his recent. I mean, he got Christian Bale to star in his last movie, which is and Amy Adams, which are both like you know Oscar contending actors, right? Mm-hmm. He had Christian Bale and Ryan Gosling in his one before that. Oh yeah, short. and Brad Pitt. I always forget Brad Pitt's in that movie. Oh yeah, it is Brad such Pitt a too. he has such a non Brad Pitt role. <laughs> like it's just so. It's such a subtle role that I feel like anyone could have actually played, but they got Brad Pitt for it, which is really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, he, he he can really, he's a real heavy hitter in terms of casting. How, how much do you know about Adam McKay? I'm sure you've seen probably <laughs> most of his movies. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the, I mean, I, I think I've seen every one of them. I've seen a- the Anchorman movies, Talligata Knight, Step Brothers, The Other Guys, uh, The Campaign, Anchorman 2. Uh, yeah, I've seen all of them, actually. Wow. I didn't know I was such a big Adam McKay <laughs> fan <laughs> until now. That's the thing I want to ask you, though. Are you a big Adam McKay fan? Like, do you actually like most of those movies? Um, I, I definitely think he has a, a really good style that he that he started. Like, his comedy style is really cool. I think him and Will Ferrell have a good dynamic, or they had a good dynamic. It doesn't seem like they work that mm-hmm. much together anymore. I actually think he... he he hadn't missed until, I guess, Anchorman 2. But I mean, like, I don't think that's fair to judge him on because I think comedy sequels are very, very tough. I don't think there's been a good comedy sequel, like, ever that I can think of. There probably has, but I'm blanking too, so. Like, better than the first, at least. I think there's been decent ones, but, like, but then also uh, The Big Short, which actually is definitely one of my f- favorite or most memorable movies of the, honestly, like, the past decade. I think it's it was a really good movie. Mostly because I, I, I guess I... It was able to teach a lot while also be very entertaining and yet artistic at the same time. I think it it was like a perfect accumulation of those aspects that made it a very good movie that I hadn't mm. seen before. So, but yeah, I didn't like Vice. That was a big miss for me, personally. I liked Vice for the exact reason that you said you liked The Big Short, and I disliked The Big Short probably for the same reasons you liked Vice. <laughs> Or you disliked Vice. Yeah. I guess they're they're both very similar movies in that they're trying to teach as well as be funny in some ways, as well as be dramatic. And they're very hyper-stylized. And, like, I think Adam McKay has a very distinct style, or he's really got two very distinct styles because his comedy stuff with Will Ferrell, when you watch Anchorman and you watch Talladega Nights, you can tell the same person directed those. Or, and when you watch The Big Short and you watch Vice, you can tell the same person directed those. But if you watch Anchorman and The Big Short, it's not clear that the same person directed those, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some uh, carryover in terms of the style of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's obviously much more subtle and subdued, but, like, there's there's hints of it here and there, which I actually really liked. Like, I thought it was a cool way of him transitioning in, in that, like, he wasn't trying to be a completely different director. Like, he wasn't going straight from, like, hard comedies to, like, a complete serious drama. It was very much a mix of his style added to what would be, like, the stereotypical drama, I guess. 
mm-hmm. which is why I think it worked very well. The big transitional film there is The Other Guys. And then right after that, The Big Short is, I would say, I would say The Other Guys to The Big Short is probably his biggest sort of stylistic change. But you're right. It's not completely out of nowhere. Uh, the Big Short still has a lot of comedic elements that are similar to things like The Nice Guys and even Anchorman to a degree. But it is played more as a drama than a straight comedy. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. So he's really, um, I don't know. I, I guess he's hes a very unique director in, in terms of that switch, which I personally, I don't think I've really seen before. So um, it, I was really excited to watch don't look up when it came out which was i guess last week because i mean not just that but it had a a really stacked cast i think this is probably his most stacked cast like ever and one of the most stacked Mm -hmm. casts like that i can think of um in like the past few years especially for a netflix movie which was really crazy yeah who's this got in it it's got leonardo dicaprio it's got jennifer lawrence just two of the biggest names right away in the leading roles and then in supporting roles, we got Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, and Meryl Streep. So, like, huge names, even in the supporting roles. So, yeah, definitely really exciting based just on its cast, kind of a little bit on its premise, and I guess the fact that it's Adam McKay, although I think going into it, that was the thing that gave me the most pause. Cause like, I'm always interested in seeing a new Adam McKay movie, but Adam McKay, especially recently has been very hit or miss. While I generally like his movies, there's always a pretty decent mix of stuff. I like about them and don't like about them mm. at the very best. That's right. Oh, like even with vice, even with vice, there's, I like vice a lot, but it's kind of a mess. It is in a lot of places style over substance and its message is, I think it fumbles the message in a couple of spots. For me, it mostly hits. And that's because I think for me, the comedy hits mostly. And I like the core guiding theme, but like it's not a 100% home run. And I don't think any of his movies in the past couple of years have been Mm. even. So even going into don't look up, while I was excited to see it, especially for me coming off of Vice, you know, I'm I'm also wondering like how is he gonna how how is this one gonna go? Like is it gonna be mostly good and a little bad, mostly bad and a little good, or like a weird mixed bag somewhere in between? And uh where did you kinda land on that when you watched the movie? Or I guess we should talk about what it was about first, right? Before we jump into that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Don't Look Up is not subtle. It's a movie about a, a our astronomy PhD student and her professor, played by Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, respectively. And they discover a comet that is headed directly for Earth and will collide with Earth in about six months. So immediately after that, they try to warn the president. And when that fails... They, the basic premise is that they go on a media tour to try and warn anyone who will listen so that they can like mobilize people to get rid of this comet and save the earth, basically. And 
that's the basic conceit of the movie. The rest of the movie plays out with all of their different attempts to try and notify people of what's going on and how the public responds to it. That's that's the basic idea of this movie. I have left out a lot of things. Did I miss anything super important before I continue, Pierre? Not really. I mean, the the essence of the movie is really straightforward. Yeah. I, there's a lot of different ways, I guess, they, they go to tackle, like subplots, I guess, to tackle the main plot, like throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but that's that's basically it, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, well, this movie does a lot of things. It's very cynical. This is a very cynical movie. And uh, it sort of comments on government inaction in the face of literal apocalyptic danger, as well as, I guess, the public cult of celebrity, celebrity scientists even. Like, I personally thought there were a lot of digs at people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, but that's also (laughs) me projecting my dislike of Neil deGrasse Tyson a bit. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of tries to do a lot of things. And I would say that it's very obvious what it's trying to do. And the effectiveness is mixed in a lot of spots. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to lie. I thought the whole shtick of, uh, oh, my God, the world's going to die and no one cares kind of got old after, like, the first presidential meeting, I think, which was, like, in the first 15 minutes like it was just very not subtle i mean i i guess i kind of understand what like he's going for but i just like even in that first scene when i didn't know how how much the movie would play that out like i didn't it, it never felt like because it, it's like supposed to be a satire of how it would play out if if it were to happen right but it felt like the movie well i guess it's a sorry it's more of a satire of like global warming i guess or climate change yeah. but you know they're using the comet as a metaphor um but i never felt like the movie took even that serious like it's it's trying to send a message but it's not taking it seriously if that makes sense because i don't know how to say this but i i guess i don't i don't understand how uh they really expect us to learn from this if like no one's acting rationally which i get is the point that no one acts rationally in the movie and like no one a lot of people politicians don't act rationally in real life but i think they played it up way too much even in the current political climate that made it like just kind of tough to relate to in any way yeah i think this movie it has like four or five different ways that the scientists in the movie try to get the word out about this asteroid and it doesn't commit enough to any of them to be really effective. Like, I think the idea of going on a media tour and, like, having to circumvent politicians to try and get the word out could be used to be a really effective satire on government in action and, like, the state of basically media and journalism right now. Mm -hmm. But they don't commit hard enough to it for it to actually be effective in that. Uh, I think that if they had like committed way harder to talking to the politicians and the government in action angle, that could have been useful. Or like, I, I think there's a lot of threads that it tries to like, that it, that it sort of starts, but then it doesn't commit enough to them to really be effective in any of them. And I think that another really big problem with this movie is it is way too cynical for its own good. Like in this movie, The only characters it even respects are the scientists. And I come from an academic background. So like, I love the fact that it does respect its scientists, 
but I think that it makes the general public way too stupid and it hates journalists too much and it hates politicians too much and it kind of hates Elon Musk way more than it does than it needs to mm. even if I generally agree that all of the people that it's criticizing are people worth criticizing I just think that it like criticizes them without treating anyone with respect in my opinion yeah well that's the thing i because if, if the point of the movie i think i think that's a big reason why leo signed on like i feel like it, they, there were aspirations for this movie to like open people's eyes and be like oh wow like we are acting ridiculous like we should deal with climate change and we should like deal with covid and get vaccinated and not make it a political thing but the thing is the movie doesn't really and the, the movie criticizes like, oh, like everyone's obsessed with like pop culture, right? And like no one actually cares about the real issues. But then it feels like I like ironically, like this movie is just another way of profiting off of the idea that of climate change without actually doing anything, you know, like this doesn't feel like it's trying to solve anything, but it's pretending to. Yeah. And um, I think the ending to spoil things a little bit, the ending of this movie is very, very, very bleak. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's a huge spoiler, but I will mention this is a spoiler. I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say that the asteroid hits Earth and Earth explodes. Like, no one, no one survives the end. But I think that even despite its really bleak ending on paper it kind of wraps up too nicely at the end. Like at the very beginning, one of the things it points out right away is that people are too obsessed with the media and that like, you know, they're trying to get the word out about this asteroid or I guess for the sake of the metaphor, basically climate change. And no one cares about that. They care about Ariana Grande's new boyfriend or no, not new boyfriend, her breaking up with her boyfriend. And like, I I get it. But then... At the very end, Ariana Grande and her boyfriend are both on the side of scientists and like they basically swing around and without any meaningful development within the world of media or celebrities that they start criticizing at the beginning, the celebrities just come around and are on the side of what this movie considers the rational people. And I think that it's almost ironic because... Leonardo DiCaprio himself gets criticized for that a lot. And this doesn't say anything meaningful about that. It's just all of a sudden the celebrities are on the right side because. And there's there's no... I, the ending is too clean and it's not earned in a way. Yeah, nothing really tries to... It just seems like they try to wrap up like the the personal, I guess arcs like because of the i guess the two arcs we had were with leonardo dicaprio's character and jennifer lawrence's character of they they found out first now how are they dealing with this the burden of of knowledge right and trying to convince people and then one of them or jennifer lawrence like kind of has a more i guess personal arc and then we see uh leonardo dicaprio's character uh he's kind of i guess the the, like like you said earlier, like the celebrity scientist who um, is corrupted in some ways by, or corrupted slash confused by like his newfound fame and fortune and all that. But actually, I think if the movie maybe focused on those arcs more, 
that would have been more interesting rather than the kind of grand scope movie we got if that makes sense because it was more like the movie was following multiple characters subplots i guess um so like even like the main characters were kind of they felt like subplots of the whole thing if that makes sense yeah whereas uh, i think if they maybe more use those characters as like the the emotional i guess core of the movie and the and the core narrative um and followed their arcs it might have been a much more satisfying viewing because honestly like the ending i actually thought was really was really good they kind of reunite uh leonardo dicaprio and his family and i thought that was a really i guess a sweet very bittersweet scene i guess and very depressing but it was very effective you know but i think it might have been more interesting if that had more build-up if that makes sense yeah i don't know about the ending i think the ending is like I would say toothless because like it's a nice scene. There's a lot of nice little performances on display when all of the characters reunite at the end, but all of the characters are really lucky to have the ability to just reunite like this and then remember fondly the times when they tried to stop the end of the world and then they all explode. And like, a bunch of billionaires get away in a ship. And I just thought, I, I think the ending was too cliche for my taste. I think there's parts of this movie that have like the appearance of a little bit of bite of satire. Yeah. And like at the very end is the opposite of that. The end of this seems almost toothless as a satire. That's fair. Yeah. It, well, it, I don't know. It really wasn't trying to be anything truly special, I guess. Which is a shame because I think that like I think that people involved with this movie probably thought it was and wanted it to be something special, but yeah. I don't know. And yeah, ironically, I feel like the money invested in this movie could have been much more well used, just donating or like investing in you know the future in terms of eco eco friendly things or whatever research and stuff, and rather than a movie that honestly I feel like is just kind of kind of come and go and will result in mostly just people talking about celebrities that's like when i saw the there's this concert scene at the end where everyone's like oh there's this concert to save the world with uh ariana grande and kid cuddy's characters it felt exactly like i was like i felt the concert was stupid but then i kind of realized like the concert's the same thing as the movie where we're just we're listening we're paying celebrities to tell us what that something's wrong and not actually doing anything. Does that make sense? And can I just say the, what What did you think about the song that Ariana Grande sang? Just look up. Oh, uh, I actually thought it was kind of catchy. I haven't listened to it since, but it was surprisingly like, I don't know. She, she has a good voice. It's catchy, but I thought that the song, so like, I like movies that go out of their way to not be subtle. I don't think that it always necessarily works, but I think that Adam McKay has a way of doing it where even though his movies are not subtle and it's very clear what he's talking about, I never personally feel, I almost never personally feel like he's talking down to me. He may, in this case, I thought he was talking down to society at large, but not his audience. Mm -hmm. The song, listening to the lyrics of that song is the only time I felt talked down to as, as an audience member. Oh, I didn't listen to the lyrics, so I don't know the, what The lyrics were. are bad. Okay. It's, um, I'm going to put in a snippet of the song right here and just like, 
I don't appreciate it. But, like, it, it is exactly as you said. I, I feel like that part of the movie is a little tone deaf because, as you said, like, the um, that's the concert to save the world and they get a bunch of people to come and see Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi perform and, like, it doesn't mean anything. Those people are going to go out, they're going to leave there having heard a catchy song and they're going to, you know, say, I was at the concert to save the world. But, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't save the world. And also like, it's no different than this. I'm watching a movie. And after I'm done watching the movie, I am 0% more likely to go out and I don't know, do literally anything about climate change. It's like a call to action, except that it doesn't call anyone to any real action. Yeah. Cause I can, I guess, forgive the fact that like narratively it it doesn't work and it's not subtle if it were to maybe provoke something in people or tell us something new or something we haven't we didn't know before right but like the criticism about a bit and it, because by the end of this movie this movie has said a lot of things but it hasn't really made a statement and like i don't think the answer to that is that this movie has to have a black screen that says this is where you can go to help fund <laughs> climate change research but like it doesn't do anything like after this movie i have been entertained i'm not like i don't have any idea what to do next this movie has told me that inaction is isn't worth anything, but action also doesn't do anything. So what do I come out of this movie with? And like, it get, does give me a newfound respect for some of those movies that literally cut to a black screen and say, call this number, because while that's corny and usually bad, at least it's a call to action that's like effective. Yeah. 
Well, I, I even like, uh, I was, I guess I was thinking about this. Like there are movies that I think are able to send like very provocative. Like I thought, for example, soul was, I mean, in, in no way is it like a commentary on, you know, global or climate change or whatever. But I, I honestly, that, that, I guess they call it like a, a paradigm shift or whatever, when like your entire way of thinking about something is kind of changed, I guess. Um, and like a soul did that for me where like, I think I, I appreciate like the smaller moments in life a lot more than I used to, but that wasn't like, I mean, that was the point of the movie. Right. But it was like a very, yeah. I wasn't expecting that when I got to the end. Right. Whereas this movie, like straight from the start, it's like, it's, it shows everything it is and you don't really get anything else for the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's just kind of lazy in that way. And like the people who already agree with this movie already agree with it and the people who don't agree with this movie aren't gonna be convinced by this movie <laughs> they're probably gonna be less convinced <laughs> they're probably gonna like be more inspired to fight against whatever whoever's making fun of them if that makes sense mm-hmm. or, and, there, or they, and a lot of them just won't watch the movie which like yeah what is yeah so it's uh kind of weird so okay i want to talk about this one thing too there was this subplot where the army general or whatever didn't he he took money from them from Jennifer Lawrence's character. He he got food for her and he said, "Oh, I, this cost me like twenty bucks. Can you pay me back?" And she said, "Sure." And then later she realizes that the general didn't pay. Uh, wait, no, the general didn't pay so, for that food. He 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 hustled her. No, he, yeah, he got it for free and he hustled her. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like it was weird because honestly, like that concept's really funny, but I didn't laugh once. And it felt like a really good, like, maybe subplot in, like, a sitcom episode or something. But it's so weird to me that, like, that really stuck out to me. Because I'm, like, I was looking, I was thinking about it. I was, like, this is this is funny in concept. I appreciate this. But I didn't feel any amount of humor coming, like, I didn't feel any amount of laughter, like, wanting to, you know, come out of me. It was weird. It just didn't work. But, yeah, I just huh. want to mention that. We haven't talked about the cast yet, actually. Like, I guess in terms of performances. Very obviously, on this show, we're always going to end off with talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. So that's coming. But I do want to, like, ask you first. Anyone else you want to talk about before we get to DiCaprio? I thought Jonah Hill was all right. I I was kind of disappointed. But, like, I thought he was one of the better ones, I guess. Better better character or better acted characters. I didn't like his character, honestly. But I thought he was well-casted, I guess. Close is there. I didn't really like Ariana and Kid Cudi. I thought, like... It just felt like another endorsement of, oh, wow, like these celebrities are going to save us. You know, it felt very cliche. Like, I feel like this is like Ariana Grande is the exact type of uh, performer to to actually throw a let's save the world concert (laughs) right when the the world's about to end. Like, it would have been cooler if that was maybe more smartly casted. But she's like the epitome of mainstream music that would do something like that. Well, like, it reminded me a little bit, over the over Christmas break, I was watching Family Guy in the background, and, like, there was one episode that was just what I would consider extremely brutal character assassination of Taylor Swift. And, like, I don't know if they actually got Taylor Swift for it. I don't think so. But it was someone who sounded a lot like Taylor Swift, so it's possible it was. But, like, it was just the most disrespectful, heinous, not even critique, just parody of taylor swift i can even imagine and like this movie 
kind of does the same thing to Ariana Grande. Like, I don't know very much about her, but I'm a little shocked that her and Kid Cudi decided to be in this movie because their characters are exaggeratedly dumb versions of what I feel like many in the public already think about them. And like, if I'm a pop star, I don't want to play a really stupid version of myself because like, it feels like Adam McKay does not like these people. (laughs) And like, he made them play a version of themselves that probably isn't real but is exactly like what you said they're exactly the epitome of who we think would do this like the character that ariana grande plays i 100 percent buy that she would do a concert to save the world for no other reason than for very shallow reasons ultimately and like i don't believe for a second that actual ariana grande would Like, I think Ariana Grande in real life may be the kind of, exactly the kind of person to do a concert to save the world. But, like, the character she's playing is doing it for way shallower reasons than, for shallow reasons that she as a person does not believe in. And, like, I don't know. Is anything I'm saying making sense? I don't know how to explain it. I get it. you You keep repeating the same thing over and over. But, like, I, I think I, I get what you mean. Like, she wouldn't actually do it herself. But then she also, like, she wouldn't do it for the same reasons her character in the movie did. But she still might do it. It's like Ariana Grande or, Leon, or Leonardo DiCaprio are exactly the kind of people that would do, like, something for, something big for climate change for what are ultimately shallow reasons. But from them, it would be sincere. Oh, well, yeah. Her, her character in this movie is sincere, but her character is also, like, not very smart. And I feel like it's kind of mean to Ariana Grande to make her play a character that I don't think is a sincere version of her, but is, like, a parody of her. Yeah. I mean, it's worked with actors. I think, like, I really love This is the End, where it felt like they were really mocking the celebrity lifestyle and while playing themselves. Have you seen that? I haven't yet. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so it was, like, all these, like, Seth Rogen's group of friends basically playing themselves as act as actors in an apocalyptic role, if that makes sense. But I thought that worked because I, I felt like it was, they were playing the heightened versions of themselves in an entertaining way. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, the movie wasn't really trying to send a message. It was very self-derogatory, but then also, like, I wasn't trying to learn from it, right? Um, whereas yeah. this movie, I feel like, it doesn't work as well because Ariana Grande was playing a version of herself that is like comically like ridiculous, but it yeah. didn't, it still didn't feel earnest because the movie was trying to send a message, but then also like they're using, they were using like one of the world's biggest pop stars to send that message, which felt like it, it's same thing with the concert. It, it's, it, it feels uh, hypocritical almost that we like, I'm watching this movie that's paying her a ton of money to play a fake version of herself that just wants money, but is stupid or something. Like, I don't know. It felt hypocritical. It, it, it didn't work for me. It's tone deaf at best. Yeah. And then same thing with, I, I don't know why Kid, I like Kid Cudi. I like his music and stuff. And I get he's he's been on a lot of stuff recently as an actor. I, I still didn't like, he didn't feel natural in this role. I don't know. It, it was weird. I've seen him as an actor in, weirdly enough, three things now. But like, 
the latest two things that I've seen him in as an actor, he's playing a heightened version of himself. But if we compare this to the third Bill and Ted movie, Excellent. Uh, Bill and Ted face the future. Oh, face the um, future. Like in that one, he's playing a heightened version of himself. And like, he's somehow weirdly knowledgeable about time travel. And it's entertaining because like <laughs> he's Kid Cudi, but also somehow he's the science expert. And in this one, he's playing a heightened version of himself who is an idiot. And like, it's not as entertaining because he's just mm. playing, he's just playing dumb. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. There's nothing more to it. I mean, that's a lot of the characters were just playing dumb. I think the same thing with like, I thought Meryl Streep's character was just basically Donald Trump, you know, like it wasn't, it, it wasn't really subtle at all. There were lots of references to it that weren't really and it, it didn't really add anything to it you know yeah like same thing with oh actually i kind of liked what's her name the there were the newscasters tyler perry was all right and uh kate blanchett kate blanchett who was kind of interesting but then also ultimately doesn't really it doesn't really lead to anything uh her character she's just kind of more of a i guess a physical embodiment of the corruption of Leonardo DiCaprio's character, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So she was good in her role, but again, I, I thought that those roles were annoying. Oh, Timothy Chalamet, I thought was really cool. I liked him in this movie. This is weirdly enough the first time where I've really liked Timothy Chalamet <laughs> as an actor. Because like, I didn't hate him in Dune, but most of the things that I've seen him in, and I'll admit, I have not seen him in like the movies that he's best known for. But most of the things I've seen him in, he's like, not doing a lot of acting and he's he's good in the role but like in dune he was barely a presence because he doesn't have to be yet in dune part two i'm sure it'll be a lot more of a uh, of a thing but like in this movie he, he was actually playing a role and i thought he did it really well yeah, yeah that's that's really all i have to say he was kind of funny i thought i was surprised I, I always thought he would have just a cameo but he actually had a extended role and was like very relevant to Jennifer Lawrence's character. Speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, I thought she was okay. I don't know. I haven't seen her in a movie in a while, and this felt like a weird. It, this didn't excite me to see her in in more movies, if that makes sense, in the future. Yeah, yeah, I get it. She she was fine. I didn't dislike her at all, but like, I don't think there was. I mean, you mentioned it earlier that. It, this movie, despite billing Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence at the top, kind of treats them like side characters or just part of the ensemble, which, mm. you know, Jennifer Lawrence had a lot of screen time. She was technically the main character, but like, I didn't feel much about her coming out. Yeah, same. So that was unfortunate. I guess that leaves us. Oh, the guy that plays, uh... sorry, the guy that plays the tech guy was kind of cool. He was really annoying. I hated him so much, but I guess that was the, the point. Tech, the tech, the tech oh, genius, the Mark CEO Rylance. of Bash, Mark Rylance. I, I don't think I, I can't recognize him from anything else. Uh, he was in Bridge of Spies. He was in um, yeah, Bridge of Spies is my favorite role that had him. Or it was my favorite oh, role. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, he was also in, he's in a lot of stuff with Steven Spielberg. He was in Ready Player One. He was the wizard. I can't remember that. I remember like nothing of that movie. <laughs> um, but no, he was actually really good. I, I liked his, I hated his role so much, which I, I ended up like, like I think that's really impressive that he made me hate him that much. Whereas like the other characters I think we were supposed to hate, I, I didn't end up 
hating that as much as him because I think he just played that role immaculately. Actually, it was actually really good. And then that leaves us with... With Leo. With Leo. What did you think of Leo? Well, the first question I want to ask you, and then I will answer your question, is do you think that this is going to be the third movie in a row that Leonardo DiCaprio is nominated for an Oscar for? I actually think it's possible. He definitely, I think, was able to capture a lot with the like i i don't think the script was very good but i think he was able to draw a lot of emotion out of that script because i guess his character is very complex like he's there's like a lot of things going on for him because he's he's supposed to be he's he starts as like uh just a scientist but then he gets famous and then he's like he's like okay what's the right thing to do now like he's, he's just trying to figure it out right you know he's trying to do his best but also like he's he's been shoved into this whole new world of things and he doesn't know what's going on. Um, and I actually think he, he captured that really well. So I, I think it's possible. He was definitely like the best actor in this movie. Yeah. I definitely think it's possible that he could be nominated. And also like, uh, not only is it possible, like there's this idea in, in some circles and like, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it as soon as I mention it of like the Oscar scene, like one scene that that's like, this is the one that Oscar voters are going to look at. This is the one that they're going to play uh, at the Oscars before when they say, when they announce him, he's got a couple of those in this. He's got one specific near the end, but like, yeah, I definitely think it's possible he could be nominated, but honestly, I don't, I didn't love him in this movie. I didn't think he was bad. I just didn't think it was like, a stellar Leo role. We've seen so many good Leo roles. And I think this is like kind of average for him. Yeah. This is like, I'm not necessarily rooting for him to be nominated. I thought like, I think like they might, especially cause he is like, you know, such an upper caliber actor. I feel like people mm-hmm. will expect him to be nominated. So he might get it off that. I mean, he, he was good. I don't want to say this. Like, I guess his, his character was given a lot of emotions, but he wasn't really given enough to do. And also the script really wasn't serving him. I mean, like you said, the speech at the end was kind of interesting, but it was just very, it was actually more of a low key performance. Um, Mm -hmm. And this isn't something, this is one role where I'm like, I don't necessarily think Leo had to be here for this movie. It might've even been better with a different actor, honestly, because I think it's, it's kind of tough seeing Leo as a, as a meek, scientist if that makes sense like it might have been better to cast a more unknown actor to really capture that that vibe because when i see him i I, i'm automatically especially it's like such a star-studded cast it's hard for me not to think oh it's leo like and not like uh, it might have been more relatable for the character to to be more of a nobody actually Mm -hmm. yeah it's actually kind of interesting because you say that it's hard to see leo as like a meek character and i agree but i had no problems seeing jennifer lawrence kind of disappear into her role again i don't think her role was like necessarily anything special i think she had a lot easier time disappearing into the role of like just sort of a random phd student than leo had of you know becoming an astronomy professor yeah and i i don't necessarily think that's actually because of ali pers i don't personally think it's because of his acting ability i think it's just more like he's too big of a star 
Yeah, I definitely don't think it's because of his acting ability. Because strangely enough, when I go back and look at The Aviator, even though he's playing someone extremely charismatic, he's playing Howard Hughes, who's like in public all the time. He was also able to portray like a side of Howard Hughes that was on a personal level, very shy and really meek. And like, that's not the whole character. But my point being, he definitely has the acting chops to pull off like non-charismatic even though he's such a charismatic person. Yeah, no, it's there. I it's, it might have just been the vibe of the movie too. Like it, the whole movie, I think felt like because of how non-subtle it felt. Like all these celebrity, all these celebrity roles were just kind of. It was like an extended SNL skit. Almost want to say like, "Ooh, celebrity cameo. Let's make fun of them." And it's like one joke that we beat into the ground. So, which is very <laughs> synonymous with SNL skits, unfortunately. And that might have, I think that hurt it a lot too. Like it might've been harder for me to see him as in his role because he was so constantly surrounded by, you know, other very winky, non-subtle roles that, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it hurt his ability. So yeah, definitely not on top of my, on the top of my Leo list. Um, But I, I honestly think he did the best he could in this role. Like, I think he was just lazy in picking the movie, honestly. That's that's the only thing I'll criticize him for, really. This is very clearly a movie that Leo really wanted to be a part of, because, like, I know how passionate Leo is about climate change, and, like, the idea of being in a big climate change movie must have been incredible for Leo. And, like, beyond that, I read a little bit on the production. He came on and helped rewrite parts of the script. Mm. But, like, I appreciate the passion... <laughs> But I, I don't, I, I think that like, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not, he wasn't lazy in his acting, but like, this is a movie he wanted to make and he didn't want to do that much special with it. And he wasn't given much where he had to be special with it. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, I remember this, there was this Reddit post about how Tom Hardy was writing he wrote scenes in Venom 2 or something like, and it was like advertised as like a good thing. And then one of the comments was, oh, thank God. Thank God we finally have an actor writing scenes. Now this movie's definitely going to be good. <laughs> 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 it was like, you know, every time I've seen an actor get involved in the script. I mean, the only one I can think of is really Edward Norton getting involved in scripts. And that, from what I've heard, hasn't turned out very well. Um, I know that uh, Will Smith and Tom Cruise always have like extensive notes oh well well. yeah well usually i can see tom cruise because he's he produces all his movies too now right so Mm -hmm. um, i think he has his own production company but um yeah anyways i I, that is kind of that's kind of funny but um yeah i'd say leo i don't know what he wrote probably should stick to acting um but yeah i don't i didn't like this movie i don't know unfortunately i think that like for me it's very middle of the road the first time i watched it I had the great pleasure of watching it in a theater and I definitely think that helped my experience with it because I loved it a lot the first time. The second time uh, I watched it like three hours ago and I still didn't hate it, but I thought it was very messy and it's hard for me to get over that. So like I would say that ultimately there are bits of it I liked, lots of it I didn't like. I would ultimately put this at a very middle of the road. Like, you know, if I were putting a number on it, this would be like a five or a six out of 10. 
Okay. I think I'll give it like a 3.5 or something. Yeah. I, I, again, I guess Leo performances, yeah. Are we, did we rank Leo? Like, do we usually rank him? Or do we put it beside his movies? Yeah, usually we do. But considering we're, uh, like we're not doing a new movie every week, I don't know if it makes sense to rank this alongside the other 17 no, so far. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get back to it. I think that like, I think I've said it before on, on, an, on a different episode, but like, I really hope we will have the opportunity to uh, go through the rest or at least some of the rest of Leo's movies this year. And then we'll get back to like the, the normal standard format. Yeah. We're pretty close to the format right now, but like, we're not, we're not quite there. Fair enough. I guess uh, that's another Leo movie in the bag. Yeah, I was going to say, what are we going to do next? But, I mean, unless it's Killers of the Flower Moon next year, I don't think we know yet. This year, right? Oh, it is this year, is it? Technically, right? Probably the end of the year, but... Probably the end of the... Well, it's hard to... I was just thinking, like, the other day, we were talking about Morbius coming out at the end of this month. This month being January. Not to date us, but now I've dated us. Mm. It's coming out April 1st now. So things are starting to get delayed again. So we'll see if anything actually makes it to theaters this year. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Morbius. <laughs> we'll see you back here for another Leo movie. Eventually. Soon. Soon-ish. <laughs>